You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. Thank you, Trisha. Hmm. Actually, could you just play this a little more? Please. <laughs> or just keep that going if that's okay. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. It's really good for, for all of us to learn how to just be still in the presence of the Lord and not have to have a song playing or just be standing or be shouting or anything else just to learn how to just be with the Lord. Can we just do that for a moment right now? If you need to close your eyes, just close your eyes. We're just going to take a moment just to be still before the Lord. Just take in all that He is, all who He is. Father, my prayer is that we would see You clearly this morning. We would see you for how you really are, Jesus. Come on, we just break down those walls that says it's awkward just to be silent. See, some of y'all didn't do that. I don't know why you're laughing about it. Come on, say, get him, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Come on, you just talked about how he's this loving father, right? It's not to be afraid of him, amen? If you're new here, we'd love to get you plugged into our church with the Journey class. Please sign up today. It's starting our next one in March. If you're trying to join our church, if you want to get involved, please sign up. You can sign up on our website. You can sign up in the foyer at the welcome desk. We'd love to have you get involved here. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I was praying, man, this morning, uh, as we were singing that song, you know, about the loving Father, and, um, you know, I just get, I just get undone in the the presence of the Lord. Is is there something, you know that song, I think it's Reckless Love, that Corey Asbury sings, and you can stop now. Thank you, though. I appreciate it. Um, I just kind of realized it's still going, but that's okay. Um, come on, give it up for Trisha and our worship team this morning. <laughs> awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and so, last week I was talking about, you know, 
reintroducing. We talked about this word God's been giving and speaking over our church and that he's reintroducing himself to us and reintroducing himself to people when they come to this church that they might meet, they might find out that church and Jesus is different than what they thought it was in a good way. Does that make sense? That you, can, you, maybe know, you didn't know that you could be intimate with God. You didn't know that he was a father and he wasn't just this distant God who's just ready to punish you for sin. But actually he's this loving father who has children that he loves and cares for and protects. And um, As we were sitting here this morning and I was going to continue, I, I might talk about something a little more, but I wanted to talk about that reckless love song that came to me as I was just on my face before the Lord and it says, you have been so, so kind to me. Blake, you want me to grab the handheld? Okay, no big deal. Come on, give it up for our media people, all the people behind the scenes. <laughs> um, so anyways, I was just, that song, The Reckless Love, I mean, have you heard that song? The Reckless Love, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And I believe what it's trying to talk about, that reckless love, because we were singing this morning, that's, that part came to me that says, you have been so, so kind to me. And it just started to hit me. It was like, man, Jesus, like, you know, I'm not, the, I'm not the best husband I can be. I'm not the best pastor I can be. I'm not the best dad that I could be. But man, you have been so, so kind to me. And I've just gotten so overwhelmed this morning on my face just with the kindness of God. That even though I may not be performing as well as I should be, aren't you good? Listen to me, church. It's not about how well you perform. It's about how well Jesus performed. And he was perfect, right? And so this morning, I was just overwhelmed by like, man, God, I didn't, I was just got this new thought this morning. I never knew that you could be this kind, right? That even though I'm, I screw up, even though I make mistakes, that you don't just take stuff from me. You, do, you don't withhold things from me because I'm not doing good enough. You don't, with, I'm here to tell you, church, this is good news. God's not going to withhold good gifts from you because you're not performing well enough. That he's going he's gonna to pour out blessing. He's going to give goodness. He's going to give things, especially forgiveness and love and all of his grace and his mercy. And just when you think that his mercy runs out, I'm here to tell you his mercy never runs out. His grace never runs out. And this morning I'm reminded like, man, God, how could you be so kind to me? How could you, you know, take me from a, a jail cell and, and then take me to be a pastor? And then, and then I, I get to go speak and do camps and, and all this stuff. Lord, how could you be so kind to me? I just never, I'm just overwhelmed this morning that he's so much better than I ever imagined. He's so much better. And I'm like, man, Jesus. And I believe that it's because the way that I'm telling you, I want to impart my relationship with the Lord on some of you this morning. And what I mean is that the way that I see him, I want you to see him. The way, what, who he is to me, I want him to be that to you, right? Because I believe, as Leif Hetland says, who God is to you is who God will be through you. Amen. And as we were, did you hear, let me say it again, that's Leif Hetland, it's a lot more wisdom to me. Who God is to you is who he's going to be through you. So if, if God is just the, this religious thing on Sunday morning, then that's what you're going to give away. You're going to give away a religious thing on Sunday morning. But if God is this father who loves you and you see yourself as his son and daughter, you're going to give away sonship. You're going to give away being a child of God, not just making church a part of a routine. But as you see him, church, is how he will work through you in your life. And if, man, if you, I just get overwhelmed with him and his kindness. And I'm like, man, I just had this, it's like, uh, 
Did you know uh, when they, they revealed the glory of God and there was always more glory? I'm here to tell you there's more glory to be seen. Like there's more to be seen. There's a deeper revelation of what you think you have seen. God, God is so endless that literally that you, have, you will never ever see enough of his glory. Ever. And there's just more he wants to reveal. And this morning, I just revealed a little deeper measure to me of his kindness. And they're like, man, God, like, why are you so kind? What the heck's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Why? Why, why are you so kind? Why do you not? Why, do, why aren't you like every other person that we might know when somebody screws up over and over again, we're real quick to cut them off and get rid of them and put them to the side. God, why are you this way? Why is it that even every day we can struggle and you still come and there's brand new mercies every morning? Why, Lord? And I'm just overwhelmed. And it's because he just says, you know, that's just who I am. I am kindness. I am love. I embody all of these things that there could be. And the first John says, God is love. God is, and then it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that love is kind. Let me tell you it like this. God is kind. Because God is love. Love is kind. Love does not boast. God does not boast. God is not self-seeking. God always trusts, always hopes. God never fails. This is good news. And when you think, I mean, when you think that, guys, that you're screwed up and you're not doing good enough, I'm here to tell you the Lord is much kinder than you think. He's so much more kinder. Actually, in the book of Corinthians, Paul penned these words and he said, he said, his loving kindness draws me to repentance. That's weird. Maybe some of us are raised when somebody gets up and shouts and scares the heck out of you. That's what drew me to repentance. And here's the thing, and maybe it did, but it started a relationship where you had a misconfigured face of the Father. Some people are saying, well, it worked. Yeah, it made you religious and scared of God your whole life, and you gave that to your children. There's something that happens. Oh, hell, fire and brimstone, pastor. That works for us. It's going to get you to heaven. I'm not going to say it. I'm not downplaying that. But it's not going to let people see the kindness and the loving father. Does that make sense? And man, I hear that so long. We need to preach more about the high hell, fire, and brimstone. I'm like, man, we all, we all get, yes, hell's a real place. If you don't, if you sin, which we all do, and you die in that sin, you're going to pay for your sin. You're going to pay for that in hell. But Jesus came. Here's the greater news. The greater thing is that Jesus came. That he died for the sin in your place. That he that knew no sin became sin so you could become what? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We need to be a lot louder what you become instead of what you were. Man, I'm telling you, and we sing that song this morning. Man, I need to say that again. We need to be screaming a lot louder about what you're going to become than where you are right now. We see drug addicts, man. That's a drug addict. We see someone on the side of the road. They're this. Instead of, we need to see people how Jesus sees them. He sees them for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. He sees their destiny. He looked at me high on meth, and he saw my destiny. He saw his future son. He saw someone he wants to redeem. And that's how he sees all of you. And this is, guys, you have to listen to me. This is how you need to see everyone else. You have to start seeing people in your family especially, in your coworkers, come on somebody, your boss, and start seeing them how Jesus sees them. He sees them in their destiny. And if you can see someone in their destiny, you can actually love that person well. Because it's hard, man. 
Damon Thompson says something really good, and I first got saved. I praise God for his ministry because he, there's some things that he said marked me for my walk with Jesus. And I remember he's got this sermon. It's a little rough kind of the way he preaches sometimes, but it's called Falling in Love. And he's like, man, people say living for Jesus is hard. People say marriage is hard. And he says, you're just not in love. He says, if you're in love with the Lord, it's not hard. If you're in love with your wife, it's not, I can trace everything back in my life that I'm struggling with to me not being love. How I am with my wife, it all comes back to me not being self, selfless, sacrificial, kind, all of those things. How I am with my kids, all of it comes back to me not loving like him. But I'm here to tell you, church, how you see him will affect all of those things. How you understand him. This is why it's so important. And we got we to gotta sit there and build this foundation in this house on the Father's love. That for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believed in him will have everlasting life. They will not perish. Like, but it was because of his love. His love was the motivator. Not because he was just up in hell thinking, man, I just love to punish sinners. It's my favorite thing to do. The Bible says mercy triumphs over judgment. Uh, Listen to me. God's first move is mercy. His first move, his first thing, he will give you, man, haven't you seen it in somebody's life where literally God has almost kept them alive for a long time and they weren't saved and they finally found Jesus, then they died? Because his mercy is his first move. He's so, man, I'm telling you, his mercy never fails. It's unending. His mercy is so much greater than you could think. You're thinking, well, that guy, guys, we got to be careful what we say. We have to change the words that are coming out of our mouths and saying, well, that guy, he's never going to get it. He'll never change. Come on. We know better than that. When did Jesus ever say anything like that? Never. I love watching The Chosen. How many of you watch The Chosen? If you haven't, you should. It's amazing. And I remember when Jesus calls Matthew the tax collector. And Matthew, the ta- if you don't know, tax collectors, they were Jews. that They would basically be paid by the Romans. And the Jews hated them because they considered them traitors. All right? These are the most, some of the most hated people in, in Jerusalem by the Jews, by the Israelites. And literally, I remember in the show, in The, in the Chosen, um, Jesus is walking with Peter. And he calls, he calls Matthew. And he says, Matthew, follow me. And Peter gets offended, like, hold on, Jesus, that's a tax collector. And I would dare to say, that's how most of us are. <laughs> instead, of, instead of thinking, no, my, my brother, he'll never get it. No, my dad, he'll never get it. Man, my son, he'll never get it. Start to think, no, 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 no. This is what God does. This is who he is. If you came here today and you're struggling in your family and you're, you had family issues, God is here to, he wants to restore your family. He's a God of restoration. We've seen him do it so many times, and we'll continue to see him do it. But it's going to come from a revelation of who he is to you. And once you see the how kind he is to you, you won't, you won't have any excuse not to be kind to someone else. How forgiving he is to you, you won't have any place to stand to say, I'm not going to forgive someone else. Does that make sense? And Peter, I remember in The Chosen, he said to him, he said, Jesus, you know, uh, not Matthew, he's a tax collector. And I love what Jesus' response was in that show. He says, get used to different. Get used to different. I've come to change some things. And I believe God has been trying to say prophetically, if you would allow him, if you would be teachable, he's coming to change the way you see him. 
He's coming to change the things you might have think you've known about church or about preaching or about worship or about whatever it may be, about family, about community, all those things. If you would allow him in, he's trying to let you see him for how he really is. Uh, listen, God wants you to see him for how he really is before you get to actually see him in person. Yeah. I was telling somebody the other day, one of my biggest things that hurts my heart so much is that people will live a long life and die not ever walking and truly knowing how he really is on the earth. And they're saved. I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about Christian people. I'm talking about you've been in church 30 years. I'm talking about, you know, 100 Bible verses. I don't care. But you you never truly step out of just seeing him in the wrong way. And you finally see how he really is. He's loving. He's kind. He's merciful. He's a father. I'm his child. And you walk in this royal identity. He said, you're a chosen nation, a royal priesthood. You step into that. And he's saying, my value doesn't come from my preach. My value doesn't come from who likes me. My value comes from the blood. It moves my heart so much. To see people come to that revelation before they die. And I, I'm, I'm, the song we were singing this morning, oh my goodness, come and behold him. Come and behold him. You know, most of us, guys, you know how you can know if you maybe don't have a good picture of Jesus? This is not to shame you. This is to shift your thinking. When we sang that song, Jesus, you're beautiful, and you're just like, well, this is weird. You know what I'm saying? Jesus, you're, you're beautiful. I mean, a beautiful song. And that next part, isn't he fascinating? Get lost in his majesty. This is not something for you to do once you get to heaven. It's something we can experience now. This is good news. Come on, somebody. I appreciate that. Out of the mouth of babes. And I was thinking of that, you know, and, and I don't know who said this, somebody smarter than me, but it says, you, um, you become what you behold. You become what you behold. So if you behold the Lord in this type of way, in this type of view, that's what you'll become. If you behold it as a religion, you will become religious. But if you behold him as a husband and a wife, you'll become intimate. There'll be an intimacy that comes. And once you be, learn how to be intimate with God, and it's not just a religion, it's not just a, a mediocre, it's not just a, well, I do my devotional every night, and that's great, I hope you do. And I pray every morning, and I pray every night. Listen, you know how many people say they pray, guys? Almost everybody. I remember I'd go to jail, and there was almost a prayer circle in every cell. And then the guys would be perverted, gambling the whole rest of the day. Some of the wildest ones be leading the prayer circle at night. I'm like, nah, I don't think this is how this works, guys. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm down, you know. We're all in jail. Who's to be judgmental in here, right? <laughs> don't start being religious in jail. That's not a good idea. But I believe that also we, we can see so many people fall, fall away from the church or fall away have an experience because they don't get a hold of seeing him and getting that revelation that he's a that he's a loving father and that he loves me and man I'm just here to tell you this morning that God is so much kinder than you may think you're not performing well enough it was never about how you could perform for him I love what Robert Morris says. He said, our position is perfect. We are in Christ. We are under the blood, but our performance is not perfect. 
His performance was perfect. And just resting in that, guys. Rest. I just feel like a supernatural rest would fall in this room, even over myself. And it fell on me again this morning. God was like, hey, you can't be perfect, Mike. So just receive my grace and receive my kindness and receive my mercy. And guess what, Mike? I'm still going to bless you. I'm still going to keep my promises to you. Because the one who promised is faithful. The Bible says even when we're not, he is. That's good news. And I think that sometimes we're scared to talk like this because we got to safeguard and say, well, what about sin? What about they're going to make mistakes here? I'm telling you, if you, you get a picture of who he really is on the cross, you will fall in love with him and out of love with sin. I love as pastor said one time, this guy was like, well, I want to drink and have sex and do drugs. He said, if you really give your heart to Jesus, you can drink and have sex and do all the drugs you want. Uh, watch, I'll get quoted for that. By some religious. Bow. And he said to him, he was like, what do you mean? He said, because if you really get the revelation of the Father's love, you won't want to do that stuff anymore. This is what it's all about. It's about our motivation for why we do the things we do. It's because of his goodness. It's because of what he's done for me. I don't, I don't want to serve to make myself feel good or to approval from other people. I want to serve because how good he's been to me. Amen? I don't want to go out and do outreach in the community and hand out hot dogs so everybody can see me. I want to do that because I just love him so much and I want to do his work. And I start to see, um, we got some baptisms this morning too, so it's going to be awesome. We're going to end with that, so don't let me forget somebody. Yell it out in Jesus' name. It's the only time you can yell out in our service. Amen? Um, yeah, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, and so, hmm, I had some other things. Oh, okay. I want to do, uh, I want to do a few things. Um, I really felt led. <laughs> Glory to God. Ben, come here, son. I just felt led, as I was talking about this stuff, and uh, we haven't really rehearsed this at all, so it's going to be good. And uh, I just felt like, uh, I don't know if you guys know Ben Withrow. Come on, give it up for Ben. I'm going to give you this. Okay. Don't make me take it from me. Just kidding. Um, but no, I, I just thinking about being reintroduced to the Lord and just knowing him in, in a different way. And. Um, Ben's had the opportunity to go to uh, this camp and just to have an experience with God. And I just really feel led to ask you to come up here. I told him this morning and just share maybe if, uh, about what I'm talking about, re- reintroduced to God or not maybe that how you used to see God and how you see him now or what's kind of going on with yeah. you, man. Um, so um, like you said, I, I uh, got the opportunity recently in, to go to, it was a, kind of like a retreat. Um, it's down in Florida and... I mean, uh, previously, you know, I, I've been back following Christ, I would say, for since about I was 20 or 21. I'm 30 years old now. And so through that nine-year period, um, I think I just had this identity of, of Christ as, you know, I, I knew that he loved me here, but I don't think that I knew it here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I think there's a big difference. 
Um, and I think because of that, I was still stuck in a lot of mindsets of bondage um, that held me back in a lot of different areas. Um, I felt, I walked around a lot of times mostly in shame, um, a lot of guilt, um, feeling a lot of unworthiness, you know. Um, I would say kind of an identity crisis, you know. Um, and then coming to the realization and like having an actual experience with the Father um, and on. with Jesus to realize like just how loved I am, Come on. you know. Um, and, and not just how loved I am, but I'm, my identity is a child of God, you know? Um, and I think that whenever, like, you can know that here, I think there's a difference in, like, knowing it and receiving it here, you know? Um, and whenever you can receive that love here, it, it changes everything. Um, and, you know, I, I see even people now that I know, knowing it here and believing it here, but not recognizing it here and not recognizing their worth in Christ and who they are. Um, and, and I walked around like that for, for nine years, you know, and, and it's just been, it's, it's a life-changing experience whenever you fully recognize how loved you are and shame has no power over us. You know, there's no shame or condemnation for those who belong to Christ, you know, and and I know it, it sounds so simple to say, and, and like, you can say it and repeat it, but like, until you fully understand it and grasp it, it's, it's game changer, man. It, it will change everything. And just recognizing how loved you are, you know. Um, I, don't, I don't live by the law, you know. I don't live on how I do things by my, by my deeds. I don't, I don't get loved by that. I just am loved. Come on. You know, it's Thank crazy. You. Like, it's so wild. And it's the same thing for all of you guys. Like, we're all like that, you know. Like, we don't live by by our deeds. We don't live by what we do or don't do. God doesn't love us any more or any less. Like we're just loved. And that's just how it is. Um, Amen. So yeah. Amen. Can we just lift our hands towards Ben? We just pray for more. Father, we just pray for more, Jesus. God, just a deeper revelation of the Father. God, I just thank you, Lord, for the breakthrough in his life. And God, I just thank you that he is going to give away how he sees you now, Father. So Lord, I thank you, Lord, as he beholds you, God, he'll become exactly what you want him to be, Jesus. Father, we just bless him. We just say, do it again, Lord. Do it again. Do it again in this house for more, more encounters like Ben's. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen and amen. Love you, buddy. <clears throat> Come on. Whew. Let's get to a place where we can sing that song, Jesus, you're beautiful, and it's not weird. Amen. <laughs> I mean... Isn't he fascinating, Miss Faye? <laughs> isn't, he, isn't he wonderful, right? And I believe that God just wants to break down those barriers right now that would say, that's just weird to me. No, it's actually weird that we don't see him that way. It's actually not good. It's actually foreign that we don't, that we are weirded out by saying you're beautiful. So there's some type of disconnect that's happened. I believe Ben hit it perfectly when he said we can know things here but never get a hold of them in our hearts. That journey from knowing it and truly knowing it. Because when it gets in your heart, you'll become it. And I believe that it's a process of breaking down strongholds and lies and different things. That It could be unforgiveness and offense and bitterness. All kinds of stuff could be withholding you from fully walking in the fullness of Jesus. And um, amen and amen. So we're going to do a baptism here in just a few minutes. I want to encourage you guys. Um, 
I want to encourage you to sign up. When we do our freedom groups, some people have been asking, freedom is something that we're going to be, freedom from what? Freedom from anything that's holding you back from seeing God clearly. Does that make sense? Anything that's withholding you from being loved, what's withholding you from your marriage being strong, that's withholding you from growing your relationship with Christ, we want to see the Holy Spirit come and break that stuff apart. Because we believe, right, that as we get healthy, we'll be able to help others get healthy. Right? Because you give what you become. So when we get our freedom groups coming uh, in, in f- the fall, it's something we're going to do. It's going to be more of a curriculum. There's a study. It's going to end with the conference. We're about to take all of our leadership through the freedom curriculum. We're going to have our own little freedom conference because we're not going to ever say, hey, there's something you guys need to do, but we're not willing to do it. And so we're saying, hey, we're going through this as a whole staff and everyone who leads anything because we know that we need freedom as well. We, need, we want to separate ourselves from anything, any bondage that we withholding us. Does that make sense? And here's the key. Here's the key ingredient. You ready? Humility. Maybe you're a person who struggles with saying that I struggle. I struggle with A, B, C, and D. Listen, I, I am not that person. I will reach out. I will text 10 people. Hey, I'm struggling right now. I'm having an anxiety attack right now. I'm kind of freaking out a little bit right now. I need some help. Right? Maybe you're a person who's scared to say that you struggle. And I'm, I can promise you it's probably from a root of how you see the Father. He's much kinder than you think when you struggle. He's not there just to jump in and correct you. He's just so much, he's so much better. He's so much better. I'm glad that my wife has the Lord to look to. Amen? I'm glad that my kids, that I can create an environment where I can say, hey, guys, dad is not perfect, never will be. I'm just trying like anybody else, but there's somebody you can look to. There's a father you can look to who'll never let you down. And I tell my son, too, like, hey, Carter, I, I, I hope you're going to be a better, you'll be a better dad than me. You'll be a better father than me. You'll be a better husband than me because I'm not insecure because I can sit there. I know who I am in Christ, and, and I, I can understand that it's not a competition. But I want him to learn. I want him to not, I want like Jesus, right? The things I've done, you'll do greater things. That's got to be the heart. This is another thing. If you can know who you are in Christ, you'll have no problem when someone else is, uh, gets the promotion. When God uses someone else, and I'm not saying we're all perfect. We, ha- we go through that struggle when it happens and our identity tries to come and get taken from us, but we have to stay rooted in who he is. We have to stay rooted in who we are. And I believe as we get into this next 10 years of our church, this Freedom Ministries is going to be the most important thing that we do, 100%. The Lord has already spoke to me that we would be an oasis, we would be a hub for Freedom Ministries where people would come in this whole region to find freedom from strongholds and bondages in this church. And he told me that other churches would trust to send their people here for our Freedom Ministries that we're not going to try to keep them. And they will know that our hearts are pure and we just want to see people get free whether they're in your church or the church down the road or the other city, whatever, that we'll just come and we just want to minister to people. They don't have to stick around. Because when it, isn't it amazing if the other churches can walk in this stuff too? 
And the other pastors can walk in this freedom too. Not that they all come here, but they get it and they take it back. They go back to where they were. And they take this culture, they take what they've become in the Lord. And I'm so excited for testimonies like that and learning how to behold and become something new. Amen? So we can all start different levels of our journey. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And uh, we're going to, we have a baptism, and I really feel (laughs) that we're supposed to go back into that come and behold him song as soon as we're done with the baptism. And I want you guys to just like really go back to that big moment of that, okay? It's going to be awesome. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to become what I behold. Hmm. Doesn't that feel good? I'm going to become just like him. So we got some baptisms here in a moment. Would you stand? Also, would our prayer team come? Praise Jesus. A little shorter service today. A lot shorter service today. I don't even know what we're going to have to do with ourselves. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and play some keysers. Do me a favor. somebody beside you let's just begin to pray for one another in this house and just would you pray that they would see Jesus clearly that they would behold the Lord they would become what they behold that they would see him as a father come on pray over your neighbor like you're wanting to pray over yourself the things that you need as well would you begin to pray listen nobody can pray for you guys Prayer is just talking to God. You can just say, God, help them. Just talk to the Lord and begin to pray just for a few moments. This is another one of those things that shouldn't be awkward. This is the family of God. This is the house of God. This is the Father's house. This is His sons and daughters. Let's break out of those boxes this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, bless your people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're good, good Father, Lord. You have been so, so good to me. You've been so, so kind to me, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All right. So we're going to celebrate these baptisms. We're going to go back into that song. We're going to give you an opportunity to start to see him differently. We're going to sing, come and behold him. Then we're going to get into Jesus, you're beautiful. Matt, if you could bring it back to that part as well. And we're just going to take a moment to break out of that box this morning prophetically and to step into seeing him differently. Can somebody say amen? Come on, who's excited about a baptism this morning? And don't leave after that, then we're going to have a moment for prayer.